Welcome to HXGN Radio. My name is Brian, and in today's podcast, we are discussing the convergence of the fields of metrology and non-destructive testing. Joining me today is Francois Mengi, Chief Executive Officer of Pragma. Francois, thank you for being here. Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Brian, for welcoming me today. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I wish we could record all the conversations that go on, you know, behind the scenes because, you know, it, it was fun. But it's just, it doesn't fit what we're trying to do. But one way or the other, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. But I'd like to, you need to tell everyone else, though, a little bit about yourself, what you do and what you're nerding out on right now. No, that's great. So uh, Pragma is based out of Quebec City, uh, up north in the wind and the cold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is somehow uh, a um, somewhat of a capital, if you want, of the field of non-destructive testing. Excellent. And I like to say that uh, I helped uh, build that reputation of that city. And uh, I've had uh, a couple of companies so far helping out in that field. And Pragma is the latest one, um, operating since uh, 2014. And uh, no, I'm just happy to be here. Happy, uh, happy to collaborate with Exagon for the last, uh, gosh, three and a half years almost now. Nice. And, um, and yeah, um, passion wise, definitely non-destructive testing, but I could feel, I could feel that, um, it's all about the, the passion for other fields as well here at this conference. And, yeah. um, it's opening. I would say to see, um, how the sparkle in the eyes of people shine through the rooms and, uh, the different, uh, sessions, you can feel that people, have, oh, of course they have their own spin to it and prefer a certain aspect of it or um, work really hard in certain aspects. But uh, no, I just find it very, very inspirational to be here and uh, glad to be your guest today, Brian. I oh, appreciate it. Well, no, and you know, you're, you are right about that. It's amazing how many, how, I would say the, the passion I've seen, you know, is, is pretty phenomenal. And it's definitely significantly more widespread, I think, than, you know, we're probably used to just in our day-to-day kind of things. You know, you just kind of see people, oh, you know, going through the motions. But when you come here, you just go, wow. You just see so many people in all these different fields and all these. Anyway, it's wonderful. So that's that's what I love about this show, too, is you just see all the beautiful, the beautiful passion that's going on. You really feel that you get it's almost like you open a secret door. You're not well, eventually not supposed to open. But <laughs> and, and then you discover all of that. Yeah. And the that I'm talking about is all those um, leading leading edge technologies and what's upcoming as well. And to. To be able to witness that, uh, it's just fantastic. You 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 get a feel for not only of what's the latest and greatest, but also what's upcoming around the corner and possibly in a decade from now. And sharing that and discussing that with other uh, people is just, yeah, amazing. Right? That's the way to do it. I love it. So tell me how you got into this field in the first place, though, because clearly you've got a passion for it. But what, what drew you in? Well, about 27 years ago. Uh, more or less, um, started right after college um, into this field. It was this weird job postings about um, doing robotics and doing systems to find flaws in material. And uh, that was inspirational, I would say, back then. Um, We had to... um, I, had, I applied essentially and uh, discussed with people and I just discovered a f- something, a feel that really struck a chord. Um, I really felt attracted um, deeply, passionately, I should say, and all the intellectual challenges of bringing physics, bringing computer science, bringing signal processing, bringing everything together on the technical level. Of course, at the time then I was, yeah, just this young guy coming out of school and uh, having a deep passion for computers and everything. But then it turned into an entrepreneurship experience. Nice. And, um, and that's how I started my first business in uh, 
well, it started as a research project in a university sponsored by uh, uh, American Research Center, and then it turned into uh, turned into my first uh, startup business, cool. and uh, got funded, and so on and so on. And uh, that's how I basically kickstarted my career, and I've been an entrepreneur since then. I guess that's great. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, tell me what. Let, let's get into non-destructive testing. Describe that. Talk all about it. NDT. You know, in case you want the short. Yeah, it's very simple. First of all, from the acronym standpoint, uh, NDT stands for non-destructive testing. Um, there are some other equivalent terms that can be used uh, used, uh, used interchangeably. So non-destructive inspection, NDI, okay. or sometimes non-destructive evaluation, NDE. Um, for, for the yeah, sake of today's conversation, they're all kind of interchangeable. There are just minor uh, differences between. So what it is, essentially is about finding flaws, finding material properties of materials in order to, to be sure that we can rely on those materials. So a very easy example is corrosion, for example. So just imagine that you only have access to the outer wall of a nuclear reactor, for example, or uh, an aircraft or uh, a ship, a submarine, for example. If you only have access from the outside, you have no clue what's going on and what's possibly eating uh, your metal from the inside. Mm -hmm. So you need to inspect to determine, hopefully with quantitative measurements, to determine, okay, am I doing okay? Can I still operate the asset? Can I still keep, you know, navigating my ship or flying my airplane and so on, or operate the, the nuclear plant, for example? So this is, this is what the NDT is all about. It's about finding flaws or material properties. And I say or because sometimes you can also depict very interesting things such as the grain structure of a weldment or um, properties that are not so much binary as pass or fail or do we need to do something or it's okay. Sometimes it's a bit more in the line of getting a feedback information to the process people, the people, for example, doing welds or people eventually compressing metal so that you can feed back such, such properties. Yeah. And of course, the easiest measurement you can take is to take a little bit like your drywalls in your house when you try to find studs, for example, that would be the ultimate cheapest ultrasound machine. Yeah. It's not so much NDT uh, per se, but it's uh, it's what we refer to as a thickness gauge or a thickness monitoring. And obviously when you're in front of a, of a trust, uh, sorry, uh, of a stud, basically you you do have a thicker, uh, a thicker wall section at that particular point. So that's, that's probably the easiest on the lower end of the spectrum. Obviously, Pragma, my company, that's not what we do. Uh, what we do is about advanced systems, uh, systems that will involve 3D, systems that will involve complex material structures like composites, for example, um, or complicated uh, weldments mm -hmm. uh, that involve special alloys um, that suffer a lot of stress over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and complicated applications with robotics and targets of productivity and yeah. repeatability and so on. That's great. How is this all fitting in then with the manufacturing industry? I mean, you, you've mentioned this, but I mean, you know, clearly things are changing, I'm assuming. Well, well first of all, let's talk about that. What, how do you think the industry is changing? And then talk about how NDT fits into all that. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a clear separation between the mindset and dynamics of what we refer to as in-service inspection, which is going onto your asset, on your plane, on your nuclear reactor, on site, basically. So this is in-service inspection, and the dynamics there is a little bit different. It's about the outage, you know, the shutdown period. It's The dynamics is a little bit different. When you go into manufacturing, really it's about the value added and the risk control, um, and also the overall quality chain. So of course we've seen 
the changes through, for example, scarcity of, of human resource, uh, available technicians that can actually do the work and swipe the probes onto components to be competent enough to to be inexperienced enough really to to find the flaws and report them to uh, just the one layer up in the uh, in the ladder basically for final confirmation if there's a flaw. You can imagine if you do a a uh, uh, a steam turbine for a uh, power generation plant, and if you manufacture uh, this, and it's you know enormous amount of you know money to machine this, to cast this, and so on, to weld this, and so on. At some certain steps through the process, you need to make sure that it's worth keep going. That you don't start with a, a rotten banana to begin with, if yeah. you know what I mean. Um, so it's important that before you add too much value. Uh, to the manufactured good that you you can do um, what's what's adequate to to feedback quality uh, control and not having as many at least from what I could observe not having as many uh, experienced and skilled technicians as we once had in this market if I go back maybe 15 20 years ago uh, it's definitely a challenge it's definitely a challenge um, what we also see at the other end of the spectrum is the very, very experienced people, sometimes the people we call level threes. Uh, those people are the, it's the ultimate level of experience you get in, in the field of NDT that can call the shot basically and to shut down a power plant or a pipeline or, or uh, a plane, for example. Um, there's also a scarcity of these people as well. So this leads very naturally to essentially three things, I would say. The first thing is to try to automate as much as you can. So try to use robots or cobots to do a good job at scanning, which is fundamentally a very boring job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just picture yourself. I'm just using layman's terms to, sure. to really, I know sometimes it may sound like a taboo, but it is fundamentally as you swipe the probes, you know, it, it, the job of NDT is essentially 95% of the time, if not more, you don't find anything. So it's about looking at imaging that is pretty much always the same, essentially. But the 5% of the time where you find something, we call that an indication. It's not yet a flaw. It's not yeah. yet confirmed. But when yeah. you see something, boy, you got to be good. <laughs> you got to yeah. be good to really make sure that you called a shot. Um, and funny enough, when that happens, and it happened to me in my first stage of my career, when you find flaws and you help call the shot basically within a team, it's actually, uh, you feel like you helped. You helped yeah. the process. So yeah. the first thing is robotics or cobots basically to help um, automate these tasks um, to make sure that, well, obviously the, the, the robots are always available. <laughs> and the second thing, uh, it's very re repetitive as well. So you, you can make sure of that. The second thing it leads to, I think, is remote assistance. So when for situations where you cannot have a robot or a cobot deployed easily, one reason could be that the geometries and the parts change too often. So it's it's difficult to adapt quickly on those uh, varying geometries. So so in those circumstances, you still need technicians, obviously, and, and we'll always need technicians. But uh, in those cases, they may need a remote support, a remote assistance. And um, it's very important that we, that the industry, and definitely uh, with the R&D that Pragmat does, um, and some of which with Exagon actually in partnership, uh, we're definitely trying to play an active role there is to do a, a remote assistance so that you can really, you don't, you know, as a technician on the field, you don't feel like abandoned yeah, <laughs> or with too, yeah. too much responsibility on your shoulders. And you can really feel that the remote experience is the remote subject matter expert is helping you out to, to get the job done essentially. 
So that's, so first one, robot and cobots. Second one is remote assistance. The third one, inevitably, is that the volume of data collected leads naturally, especially with data fusion and collecting not just with one modality like ultrasound or just x-ray or something like that. When you combine all of this information, it leads naturally to artificial intelligence and machine learning algorithms, especially because your question was about manufacturing. So it definitely leads to this because manufacturing, it's all about you know volume, quantity, repetitivity, uh, make sure you hit the targets for, uh, for quality. And, uh, and that, that's where the algorithms, if deployed and developed nicely, can actually make a big difference. Uh, big difference on the, I guess we can say the return on investment mm-hmm. on all this, you know, uh, the, all these technologies deployed on the shop floor. So that's the, so that was my long answer to yeah, the no, question, no, Brian. I, I appreciate that, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, so uh, Industry 4.0, I know uh, there's a lot of, of conversation right now around that. So talk about that and talk about how Pragma is contributing to this. I'll start with a story, actually. Okay. Yeah. So looking at the stars back home in Neuville, close to Quebec City, just uh, just reflecting on the future that was like 1997 back then. And I was like, it would be really, really necessary down the road that the industry gets... Um, 3D technology, data fusion, a way to at least do a first pass to kind of find what we think are flaws, but still involve the level three people that I talked about earlier, just to make sure that at least we suggest them with an algorithm that, hey, you know what, there might be a flaw there. So we we need that to happen. We need information to circulate as well. We We need traceability. And when I say traceability, I really mean for example, the involvement of you know the large insurance groups like the Lloyd's Registers and, and and all these people to make sure that they can guarantee, they can insure the entire value-added mm-hmm. chain essentially. Mm-hmm. So from from the raw material uh, all the way to the finished good that's being delivered. So traceability is a, is a big thing. So all these subjects and there's like eight or nine really that that over time struck a chord, but it. it I can really figure myself in summer 19 is 197, uh, sorry, 1997. And that was the vision. Not yet. And then obviously in order to get there, you need to put forward uh, 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 an impressive amount of Lego blocks <laughs> that you stack one on top yeah. of each other to finally be in a position that you can have an embodiment of your vision. And uh, I'm glad to say that for the last two, three years, really, I can feel that I'm, you know, we're towards the, the last Lego blocks to put on the stack, essentially, and and that's that's what's Pragma really is is how it's driven right now. It's really about finalizing this vision. But of course, once these Lego blocks are installed, that's that's the fun part of innovation. Okay, we just now have new tools in the toolbox, and then it, it spurs individually different vectors of innovation after that. Because then you have customers to say, "Hey, hold on, we can put A, B, and C together," and it would be nice if we could get all of that together. And funny enough, this is where we are at that stage, uh, Pragma. Thanks to some key components, uh, technology and products from Mexicon, uh, we're at a point right now where uh, we have the A, Bs, and Cs, and Ds, and so on. And, and we start having very, very interesting customers that for large projects uh, are writing the imagination and the vision that we had. And that, that's the that's good part. Cool. Oh, yeah, it feels good. I oh, yeah. You, it feels really good. <laughs> that's neat. That's cool. I love that. Well, and, you know, you've, you've touched a lot on Hexagon. How are you and Hexagon working together right now? There's a lot, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, uh, obviously Exacon on the hardware uh, side of things and, and the middleware side of things. So all the sensors that they developed, so the touch probes, the laser scanners, the arms, it all started with the arms. And then it, it spurred into, as I said, the touch probes, the laser trackers, um, the uh, structured light cameras as well that we started to integrate. So those are all like the, I would say, the essential kit. And of course, from there, there there's much more, especially in the middleware and software that we're starting to discuss and to get involved eventually down the road. We, we are obviously, uh, um, I think, uh, very strong partners uh, from from Exagon and uh, we want to push the envelope further. So we are at times, yes, a little bit poking them <laughs> and say, hey, how about we can do this? And sure. could you add this? And uh, pulling their legs a little bit, but uh, but overall, well, it works the other way around, of course. Of course, uh, yeah. So, so when they want to get uh, some NDT involved, um, yeah, sometimes, well, sometimes it's uh, walk in the park. Sometimes it's, oh, okay, well, it's an interesting challenge. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, that happens in, in pretty much any situation, but exactly. still, though, it's, it's neat that you're, you're, got that partnership that's working. So right now, uh, the answer is twofold. So uh, of course, the component um, to enable the solutions. And uh, the other way, of course, is this commercial relationship that we have, allowing our team, which is, of course, uh, of smaller scale, uh, very agile, very flexible. So the the strength of being smaller, uh, but of course, combined with the muscle power uh, with the, the lightsabers <laughs> of Hexagon, <laughs> if I can say so. Sure. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So what do you think is coming in the future then for for you and for Pragma and for NDT? I, I think that, uh, and that's that's a philosophical moment, I yeah. guess. So you're this inviting you to me dream, to dive though. in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is. Well, like any vision, of course, uh, probably 70% of, of of the vision might might be relatively, yeah, on mm-hmm. track. Um, yeah. The other 30%, it really is, is yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but I, I think that... NDT as a market is kind of doomed, um, not doomed, but to, uh, not, I don't want to say doomed, but um, as to evolve and to step up, I would say, to some of the some of the technologies uh, that were in past decade being deployed massively in metrology. So a certain level of information and traceability that is the modus vivendi of metrology, and it's been like this for at least a decade. So NDT, because sometimes there is there is a component to, to NDT that is more subjective about reading images, a little bit like your radiologist trying to figure out if it's a boy or a girl. <laughs> uh, you can imagine that sometimes it's not black or white. So for these types of applications, obviously, it kind of nurtured the image that um, NDT was, okay, this, this bunch of people in the corner, they seem to know what they do. All we want to know is, do we have a flaw or not, and how big it is, hopefully, where it is. But I think this this operation in silo, those days are, I think, behind, or they should be behind. Um, And to to answer your question, I think that probably within a five year or so, there's been this wave of, or or backlog of leap forward. And um, I don't know if that makes sense, but I can feel, I see signs basically where um, companies, small, medium, and large involve, you know, a little bit or a lot in NDT will we'll eventually adopt a lot of the technologies to share the information, share the expertise, share the traceability, and, and, and to make the life, well, to make the world a better place. So you're saying it's more <laughs> integrated rather than, like you said, siloed. Is, is that kind of what you're trying to say too? Is it more integrated within the company instead of its own 
thing? Well, I think you, uh, if I understood the question, was about where where I thought NDT had to go or was about to go. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. but of course, Pragma believes strongly that this is where we need to go. Exactly. Yeah, and that's, to that's accelerate that, mm -hmm. of course. And you know what it's like when you're in a room or you know a bunch of very bright people around a table, but everybody's kind of looking at each other. It's like, okay, this is all great, but who's doing it? <laughs> Who starts? <Yeah>. And uh, <laughs> it's all the time. <laughs> yeah, that happened. It happens yeah. a lot. I mean, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I just, you know, I, uh, you know, just turned 47 last week, and uh, I just thought a couple of years ago to say, you know what? No, no that vision we, we really got to go through this thing and uh yeah i'm just going to raise my hand around the table and say well you know what we're going to start you're going to do it i love it <laughs> if some people want to follow that that's fine but they'll be uh forever tag us followers <laughs> no i'm just no no, no I'm, hey, just, take just, no I'm just bragging a bit no that's okay <laughs> accept it no i appreciate that you know what though you're right there's there's a Oh, what's the word? Uh, a lack of leaders, I guess, would be the right thing to say about that, you know? So it's good when somebody's willing to step up. And we need that, though, because that's how the industry is going to continue to grow and change. And, you know, the rest hopefully will also follow because you also need followers. Well, the, I, I think this is a true essence of innovation is when when it's about, you know, the situation around the table. Uh, when when you have so, some of the people around the table that, you know what, you know, I'm just doing good business here. So yeah. why shake the Christmas tree? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why why would I I already do innovation? Well, innovation in an Excel spreadsheet, maybe, but not not so much what I think people what the market expects to be a a small or a large disruption, depending how you want to see it. So so I think the true innovation, the true leadership really is about well, there's a bit of a risk, obviously, sure. uh, to, to dive into something and sure. to pioneer uh, and to try to harvest something that, you know, people, well, yeah, they don't quite see how the field is going to be uh, <laughs> to be productive. Um, but not no, yet. not yet. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the point. Yep. So uh, if you read the market right, you you know that it's going to be sunny at some point, rainy at some point, you know, the soil is fertile. So you just got to do it. And eventually you just, yeah, harvest some, some corn. I love if, it. If you're in Iowa or in Nivea, <laughs> where I come from. Yeah. I appreciate that, Francois. Thank you so much. Now, where can we go for more information? Uh, you can go on the website, obviously. Okay. So the website is www.pragmandt, like Nancy, David, and Terrence, or non-destructive testing. <laughs> so <laughs> pragmandt.com. So you know, on the website, you can find information about the applications that we have, the solutions. You can find information about the products. And uh, obviously, as we are, emphasizing on innovation and developments. Some projects demand a certain degree of, uh, of confidentiality and everything. So we, we cannot expose everything on the website. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, there's a bit of, of that I'm going to disclose this, this week. Okay. That, that's kind of interesting. Nice. Uh, All right. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks. Appreciate that. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate your time. No, that's great, Brian. No, pleasure was all mine. Francois Mangi, Chief Executive Officer at Pragma. Thank you so much for joining us today on HXGN Radio. To learn more and also for more episodes of HXGN Radio, head on over to iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And of course, you can visit hxgnspotlight.com for more stories from Hexagon. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day.